the Lord put on my heart to talk about the Lord's Prayer. You know, through through years and years, you know, it's been it's been one of the ones that through many dom- denominations through Christianity that, that that prayer has been said over and over and over. And you know, you know, the Lord's Prayer encourages Christians to cling to God's will, to praise Him, to worship Him, to seek Him, to and to, and for them to help them to to avoid temptation and ask for the protection against Satan. But, you know, I hear a lot of people say it, but as the Lord was putting on my heart, do you really know and really understand? I know, I know, you know, some denominations, you know, say, hey, you know, go to confession and say so many, so many, okay, I'm good for next week. And, you know, I'm, I'm not here to bash you in no way or nothing, but I can say that because that's the way I grew up, okay? So, but... You know, for many years I heard it and I heard it. And a lot of time I think people just say it. So okay, I'm good now. You know, and, and, and that's not what that's not what the Lord had that prayer to to, to intend it to be. <clears throat> See, and the prayer was taught was taught in Luke and Matthew, but you know, in, in Luke, is a lot shorter than one in Matthew. But as Jesus was given the Sermon on the Mount, and he preached about many topics. And uh, before I want to get into the Lord's Prayer and break it down, I want to I w- I talk about how, how he started preaching and talking about many, many uh, topics, you know, to, to demonstrate the... The prayer that taught by Jesus was simple, but yet it shows how we can come to God closer, you know. And, and you know, Jesus was seen many times going off to pray, you know, and because he needed that fellowship with the Father, just as we need that fellowship with him daily. So, so prayer is very, very important because he recognized having that sacrifice of having that healthy prayer life. And uh, that's what he wants for us. See, during, during his sermon, like I said, he, he taught about prayer. But see, what the context of the Lord's prayer is, and, and right before we get to that, in Matthew chapter 5 through 7, he taught on many subjects and I'm not going to read all that because of time, but but in chapter 5, the, he starts out with saying, great blessings belong. Great blessings belong. And and he, he goes through eight of them, right? And, and that's in uh, Matthew chapter 5. And, and, then, and then he goes on and, and he talks about the salt, the light. He, he teaches about anger. And, you know, he gets into detail. He teaches about sexual sin. He teaches about divorce, about making promises, about fighting back. Love your enemies. He teaches about giving. He teaches about praying. And then, and then he sells the Lord's Prayer. See? But before that, and, see, and he keeps going down. And, 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 and before, he, he was instructing his people not to practice righteousness and goodness in front of others to get recognition. See, a lot of times, and, and you know, Jesus talked about this in length, you know, you don't, you don't 
you know, pray to God just for other people to see that you're praying. Oh, yeah, he's a godly man because he's praying. Nah, he, he just, that's, and, and the word said that's, see, in Matthew 6, 1, it says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from the Father in heaven. So in other words, yeah, you could, you could want other people to, to, oh, look at that guy. He's praying. He's doing this. That's all the reward you're going to get. God, God just turns, God turns a blind eye to that. Amen? See, in the context, Jesus was teaching about three spiritual practices that should be done in secret, the best, best as you, your ability, right? The first one is to, when you give to the needy, should give it in private. You shouldn't, I mean, you shouldn't have to tell a bunch of people what you did. Oh, you know what I did today? I gave this guy this. I gave this guy that. Nah. The second is when you pray. You, you pray. You get in your prayer closet and you pray. You, 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 you don't need to let people know what, when you pray or when you don't pray. And third is when you fast. See, all these things are spiritual discipline that should be done in obedience to God. And not to make you look good in front of others. Amen? Amen. When Jesus spoke specifically about prayer, he warned the people not to pray openly and to gain attention. See, when you pray, and in Matthew uh, 6, 5, 5, 7, I have a lot of scriptures, man. As I was going through that, man, scriptures upon scriptures were just coming upon me. So be ready for a lot of scriptures tonight. In Matthew 6, 5, 7, it says, When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the street corners and to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into a room, close the door and pray to your Father who is, un- who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't be like, don't keep babbling on like the pagan, for they think that they that they would be heard because of their many words. Wow, that's that's powerful. See, you know, you know, one time I I think I think it was in Mississippi or Georgia when a hurricane or or a flood came, the whole house was gone but one room, one one small room, and and the people were, what's that? And the old lady goes, that's my prayer closet. So the whole house got destroyed, but the prayer closet. <laughs> I thought, oh, I, I, I wish I would have kept that. See, and, and where it was, see, and, and in, in Luke, see, as Jesus was talking all this, as I was reading all this, his disciples was really paying attention. They was really hearing this. And as they was hearing this, and this is my thinking, they're probably thinking, wow, am I praying right Am I, you know, I mean, because they're listening to what not to do and not to do. So in Luke uh, 11, 1, one time Jesus was out praying. And, and when he finished, one of his followers said to him, John taught his followers how to pray, Lord. Teach us how to pray. Amen. And, and you know, Matthew, and, and, you know, we all know, I'm going to say it right now anyway, in Matthew 6, 9, 13, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive those who are debtors as we forgive those our debtors as lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. I mean, we all know that prayer. That prayer is, is throughout the whole world. 
okay? But like I said, a lot of people really don't know it. They really don't know the significance behind this prayer and, 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 and how Jesus set this prayer up in, in segments. You know, I'm breaking it down into five parts. I know I've seen seven parts, eight parts, nine parts all broken down. But, but you know, see, first, you give praise to God, the, to the Lord. God has no equal. He alone is God and worthy of all our praise. See, to break that down more, it says, the prayer, hollow be your name, means to ask God to let his name be worshipped, exalted, honored, adored on earth as it is in heaven. It is to ask God to move in the act in this world that people will worship, treasure him above all else. See, our Father in heaven, hollow be that name, we know it in, in, in Isaiah 46, 5. And in Isaiah 46, you know, God was talking about the false gods and the gods that are useless. And, in, and, and if you look what the Lord said in 46, 5, he goes, can, can you compare me to anyone? No one is equal to me. You cannot understand everything about me. There is not, nothing like me. Man, that's powerful if you start breaking it down. That, and that's what I'm going to be, be doing. On some subject, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really get into others, you know. But ultimately, he cannot be compared to any, anything because he has no equal with anyone. But if we pause for a minute and think and meditate on our hearts about him and, and we think about love because God is love. He's all powerful, but He's love. And there is no one whose love is anywhere close to God. Nowhere. No one. And I was going to say, does anybody know what scripture I'm going to go to next? John 3 16? <laughs> I thought for sure Bobby was going to say that. Is His love, because who, who else is going to love the world so much? To give his only son. Well, I mean, me? My, God really has to speak to me continuously to do something like that. You know, but, but that's, that's the love. You imagine that, you know, his love is so much greater, higher, and wider how wonderful his love is. There's, there's, there's no, nowhere closest to that. See, and, and in Isaiah 46, if you look at it, if you read between the lines, it says, Praise God for his grace. God cannot be compared to anyone or anything. His love, his mercy is the same way he is grace, in the same way he is incomparable, his power. See, and, and think, think about the power and the strength. If, if you look on a, a picture, right, you see, you see, think about an aircraft carrier, how big an aircraft carrier is. Aircraft carrier is over a thousand feet. That's three football fields. Okay, United States has eleven of them. Okay, the only one closest is France and Japan. I think they have four of them. Okay, and and on this carrier, it holds five thousand people. It's a little. It's a it's a city. It's a city. It holds over 
80 planes so he could go anywhere. We have 11. That's power, right? But, but, but you know what? God could just go through and go, yeah, you're done. I mean, he could because that's God. He's all powerful, right? See, and, and his knowledge. He, he's probably his knowledge. And, you know, when, when I think of that, and I, I want to talk about this, when I think about that, I think about Job, okay? When, when uh, uh, God, when, when Satan was up, up, uh, up there in heaven with God, and God goes, hey, have you seen, seen my servant Job? There's no one like him. And, and Job goes, yeah, but if you, if you take everything he has, he'll curse you, right? And he goes, no, you won't. And so he did it. He didn't, Jacob didn't, I mean, uh, Job didn't curse him. He questioned everything else, but he didn't curse him, right? And, 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 and in Job 38, because for 37 chapters, Job complained, okay? I'm just breaking it down, okay? Right, Bobby? He complained, basically, right? Okay, so anyway, but in, in Job 38, 1, then the Lord spoke to Job from a whirlwind and said, be prepared for an attack. Whoa, here's God telling you, be prepared, Bobby, for an attack. I'm picking on Bobby tonight, okay? I think Bobby can handle it, okay? <laughs> but be prepared. Get ready to answer the questions I were asked you. Where were you when I made the earth? If you were so smart, answer me. And who decided how big the earth shall be? Who measured it with a measuring line? What is the earth resting on? Who put the first stone in place? Who closed the floodgates as the sea gushed water from his womb? Man, and you know what? God, the Lord didn't stop there. Four chapters. He just, just kept going. And, and even in, even in, he, took a, he took a break in chapter 41 too. Then the Lord said to Job, you want to argue with me, God or powerful? <laughs> you want to correct me and prove that I was wrong? <laughs> Give me your answer. Now think about that. I mean, Job had to be shaken. I mean, Job just had to be shaken. And you know what I, I, I love about Job, and I think, and, and the reason why the Lord loved Job so much, and and, he, and when he told Satan, there's no one like him, because in Job 42, 5 and six. And, and uh, this is after God just laid into him. I mean, he just laid him out. You know, he said, in, in the past, I heard about you, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. I am ashamed of myself. I am so sorry as I sit in dust and ashes. I promise to change my heart and my life. See, I believe when he said that, the Lord love came upon him again. I mean, I mean, he loved him, but you know what I'm saying? When, when he said, I'm sorry, and I promise to change my heart. His love came upon him, and because of Job, he didn't, he didn't punish his three friends. Because he goes, I should punish you, but I won't. <laughs> right? That's what he said, right? But see, but that's his love. That's how powerful he is. See, see so his knowledge is incomparable. You, you can't, I mean, I mean, if you read... 38, 39, 40, 41, I mean, he talks about everything. I mean, how, I mean, you know, you can't kind of wrap your head around the, the whole thing, what, what he knows and, and, you know, what he thinks, right? 
See, in Roman and in Isaiah, you know, 46.5, in between lines, it reminds us there is nothing like God. As we praise God, that our attempts to compare you with people or things of this world do not even begin to touch who you are. As a matter of fact, I, I ran across this prayer, and I didn't. I copied it, and I didn't get the person's name. I, I, but anyway, this, this is a really good prayer, and I want to read this prayer. We praise you for who you are. We praise you as the incomparable God, all God over all creation. God, we stand in all of you. We fear you. God, we glorify you. We pray that you may make your glory as the incomparable one known in and through our lives, in our family, in our churches. God, show yourself through us, through the one who has no equal in Jesus' name. See, as we pray, that's who God is. You said, our Father, hallowed be. You recognize his authority. You recognize his power. You recognize his knowledge. But also his love because what he did for us. His love because he gave his son. See, see, he wanted everybody to come to him. And, and you know, first he had the law. And, and then, then, then he knew, you know, he knew, okay, the law isn't working. We're going to bring his son. But see, but as the pastors say, the law and grace works together. It's, it's one story. Amen. Second, we ask God's kingdom to be done here on earth. We bear the light of Jesus. That's the key. We bear the light of Jesus in a dark world that have been tasked. We have been tasked with sharing the gospel message of hope found in Jesus Christ. See, it's a dark world, but see, but as we pray God's kingdom come here on earth. See, we pray that God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Acknowledge two things. Acknowledge that there is a better way for this world, and we all know that, right? There is a, there's a better way. name is Jesus. Okay? And that, and the way it does, that, that God cares about this earth. He cares about it. That's why he sent his son. And, he, and, and you know, when, when time comes, but see, but we, when we pray the kingdom come, we ask God to shine his light on this word. So, so when others may respond to him in awe and reverence. See, we are that light of the world. We are this light. Jesus', Jesus life, light is in us. So we are responsible. And we're going to be held accountable. We are to, to go forth and have that shiny light. See, in, in John 8, 12. Later, Jesus talked to the people again. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never live in darkness. They will have the light that gives light. They will have the light that gives. See, darkness cannot hide in the light. Okay? When we have the light in us and, and people come and try to attack us, darkness, darkness the light's going to shine over the darkness. The truth is going to come out no matter what because we have that light. See, through Jesus' sacrifice, believers become the light of the world. Well, in Matthew, God's word is also the light of the world, re revealing his kingdom so it can be seen on earth. I mean, there's, there's, there's scripture upon scripture, and one in Psalms 119, 105 your word is like a lamp that guides my steps, a light that shows a path that I should take. 
and I know Pastor talked about it, I know we have talked about it, the lamp is just going to go, it ain't going to go shine all over. The Lord wants to guide our steps. And when, and when we submit to him, when we yield to the Holy Spirit, when we yield to the Lord, that's, that's when that light's going to be shining. That's when we're going to see that light. Amen. That's, that's the way it is. As believers, Jesus, we acknowledge God's our kingdom, praying the kingdom come. Amen. See, in, in Luke 18, 16, but Jesus called, and here's, and here's, I know people say, well, what is God's kingdom? And, and you know, and I, I heard people go, what is God's kingdom like and everything? And we know that when we leave this earth, we're going to come to a glorious place. Streets of gold, streets, you know, I mean, I mean, we're, you know, it's just going to be glorious, you know. And, and I know, you know, I heard, I heard people say, and I know I said, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God this and this and this. All that's going to be gone. That's just going to go whoop. And we're just going to be praising him. We're just going to be glorifying him. We're going to be glorified because, because we didn't go where, you know, <laughs> a whole lot of people are going to go, right? But in, <laughs> but in Luke 8, 18, 16, but Jesus called the little children to him and said to his followers, let the little children come to me. Do not stop them because God's kingdom belongs to people who are like these little children. He said, God's kingdom is like this. See, back in the days, you know, over 2,000 years ago, there was no TV, no internet, no nothing. Children was pure. I mean, I mean I'm not saying that they're hard now, but now the, <laughs> not saying that they're not, okay? That, but just that the world has more, you know, influence over them now at a younger age than it used to be, okay? That's what I'm saying. But think about it. I mean, I mean, I look at my, my grandchildren, little John John. I mean, I mean, you think about it, when they're three and four years old, they love you. They love you no matter what. They're not saying, well, what are you going to give me today so I can love you? Or when they get mad at you, you know, they get mad. But five minutes later, man, it's all gone. You know, we get mad when somebody talks about our clothes or something. You know, we get mad. You know, we go, well, I don't like that shirt. Well, how dare you? You know, and we stay mad for them for years. Well, he, he talked about me. But God said, be like little children. Because you ever notice when, they, when, when four or five little children get together or two, they start fighting. Ten minutes later, what are they doing again? They're just playing. Because they forget about it. That's what God wants us to do. Forget about it. Okay? Forget about it. <laughs> I, I know. I'm trying to think of that movie. But anyway. Now, thir- the third is that we ask God's provision and the basic needs to be met. See, God is our provider, and he cares for all of our needs. Amen? And now we know the story about how Moses, how, how the Israelites, when, when God took the Israelites out of Egypt, they complained about the water, no food. Bam, he, he said, okay, you know, in, in Exodus 16, 14. All right, here you go. Okay, we know, we know, um, when Jesus was in, in Matthew uh, 14 and 15, when Jesus was talking to get done, you know, the disciples say, hey, you know, well, we need to send him away. We don't have enough food. And Jesus goes, no, what do we have? Oh, that can't be right. Yes, it can. Fit 5,000 and it fit 4,000. You know, it, so, so he meets our needs, okay? See, God provides our needs. 
But here's the thing I was thinking about. He provides our needs, but our natural instinct is already we want more. We, we, we want more, right? But God would give us what we need. See, requesting our daily bread is not only about physical provision, but we're also referring to our tangible needs, okay? And, and Jesus talked about that. Our tangible needs is, is our basic, you know, a job, a house, you know, you know, what we need. And in Matthew 7, 7, 8, Jesus, Jesus said, continue to ask and God will give it to you. Continue to search and you will find it. Continue to knock and the door will open for you. Yes, whoever continues to ask will receive. Whoever continues to look will find. And whoever continues to knock will have the door open for them. See, he was teaching, Jesus was teaching them, continue Continue to search. Continue to knock. Because, see, the Lord will give you what you need, okay? But he doesn't want you to be wishy-washy. One week asks for this, one week asks for that, right? But he will give you what you need. But here's, here's the thing, too. It comes down to, start thinking about it. It comes down to, do I need it or do I want it? And, and I'm going I'm 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 to give you a perfect example. You know, I've been blessed through, through my whole life, and you know I've been working over almost 43 years, and, and God blessed me tremendously, and I give Him all the glory, and I, and I give Him because of my tithing, and I know He blesses me, and I, and, and I know that, and so He blessed me financially too. So, so I've been blessed to to talk to young young people at work. I've been blessed to talking to young young men that started working and everything, and I talk about finances, and I talk to them about saving, and I talk, because nowadays, there's no pension, okay? Corporate, corp, corporate greed is, is all there. They took the pensions away. So all you have is basically your 401k, okay? But, so, so I talk to them about, you know, how you're saving, but by tell them, you need to your want. Do you need it or do you want it? And, and there's a, and a lot of them go, well, what's the difference? I say, well, if you need it, you got to go get it. If you want it, you're going to get it, but then is that going to help you? Okay, and financially, see, and, and just like as we pray, Jesus said, as we pray, Lord, Lord, I need a car. I need a car. Okay, the Lord will give you a car, right? I mean, he'll give you what you could afford because he knows your needs, right? Just say, it gives you a $20,000 car, and you could afford that, but then you go to a car lot, and you see this $80,000 car, you know, truck, okay? And, and you really want that. Okay, Lord, I'm going to get it. But see, the Lord's going to, you know, throw roadblocks at you, right? So you won't get it, but if you ignore the roadblocks, he's going to, oh, you, you know, because if you really want it, you're going to get it. You know, and, and, and uh, they're going to be a salesman going, oh, yeah, we, could, we can make that happen for you. We could, we could do that for you. And so, you're all, okay, thank you, Lord. The Lord gave me a truck. I was at the uh, camping uh, a couple months ago, and the guy next to me had a beautiful 2020 GMC Sarah uh, uh, Denali, beautiful truck. And I go, hey, I go, this beautiful truck, one of the ones with 11 cameras and all that. I, I, I knew where they was because I looked at them. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I go, hey, I like your truck. He goes, hey, you can have it, along with my $1,200 payment. Now, see, here, here's the thing. See, the Lord will give you what you need and what you can handle, 
Okay? If you go beyond that scope and say, well, he's going to give me this, well, that first month you really going, you're going to really like that truck until that payment hits. Right? And you go, Lord, how come you let me have this truck? Well, no, the Lord didn't let you have this truck. He, he, he was guiding you this way, but your want went this way. So the need, the want. And, you know, I've been blessed. I've been blessed. But I tell you, my very first truck and my buddy that works still makes fun of fun. Uh, 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 fun on, on me on this one. My very first truck was a 1986 Ford F-150. $10,000. No air conditioning, no ra radio, no rug. And, and uh, windows you had to roll down. That's all I could afford back in 86. Okay, but the Lord blessed me with that truck for many years. It never broke down on me. And then, and then but as I got oh, as I got more blessed and everything, I was able to upgrade, upgrade. And that's what, you know, think, think about that. Your need to your wants, okay? I, I just had to bring that out there. See, because in Psalms 24, he may give you the desires of your heart and make all your plans succeed, but he knows. He knows what you need. He knows what you can handle even before you even think what you can handle. See, so, but anyway, God has already met our greatest spiritual need, forgiveness through Christ. See, our daily bread is twofold, okay? God meets our human needs, but also Jesus is a bread of life, okay? He meets our spiritual needs, okay? In Matthew 4, 4, when, the, when, the, when, when he was fasting and the enemy came and said, if you, you know, uh, command this rock go into bread and Jesus said but he answered and said it is written man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceed out of the mouth of God and, and he was basically quoting uh, uh, Deuteronomy 8.3 and, and it's true see in John 6.35 Jesus said I am the bread of life that gives life no one comes to me I mean no one who comes to me will ever hunger. No one, one who believes in me will never be thirsty. See, we need that bread. That bread is the word of God. And as we, as we, we eat it up, just like as we eat a cheesecake, okay? I like cheesecake. So as we eat cheesecake, right? Well, we need to eat the word of God up. When we get a scripture and, and we read it and, and it tugs on our heart, but then read it again and read it again because that's, that's the light. That's, that's life. That's Jesus' life. See, God is our provider and Jesus is, is the bread of life. Amen? Amen. See, and you know what? And, and, and Jesus didn't just stop there. See, through, through, he kept talking about it and Paul talked about it and Corinthians and John, you know, the bread of life. So, when, you, know, when you, you know, when you see that, Yes, God meets our needs because we pray for our needs. God, you know, we, we need bread. You know, we need our daily bread, but at the same time we pray, God, we need your word. We need that bread of life. We need that word in us. Let that river flow through us so that way we, we, we fully understand it too. See, as we pray, as we read, ask God. You know, if you don't, if you don't know something, ask him. That's why I really like the, the app on my, on my tablet because a lot of times I read the, the King James Version and King James would be kind of hard, you know, especially for newcomers. 
I was talking to a brother at work the other day, and, and he was telling me, yeah, King James Version is really hard. And I, I say, hey, uh, do you have this app on your phone? He goes, yeah, let me show you. He goes, oh, wow, I didn't know that. So, you know, so, oh, cool, you know, because that way you get, you get to read in, in other, other terms, you know, other terms, so, so you understand it more. See, the fourth, now here's, here's <laughs> the fourth one is to ask for forgiveness for our sins, just as we forgive others. See, we are forget. We are a forgiving people who God has instructed to forgive others. Forgive us our trespasses. Now, here's here's key. Here's the key right here. Sin separates us from God. Period. That's it. You want to get far away from God? Start sinning. And I guess who's going to be your best buddy? The devil. He's going to be your best, but he's going to bring back everything that you, you, you ask God to take away. <laughs> See, first, we're saying, I have sinned. I have done wrong. I have crossed the line. It is a omission of confession, right? And I'm not talking about, like Pastor was talking about uh, Sunday, what we did in our old life. When when we ask God to come into our heart and forgive us, everything we did was gone, washed away. Boom. We're, I'm talking about our daily lives right now, the things we do. A little sin is just as, just as big as a big sin. Stealing a pencil, basically, is just as big as going out robbing a bank. Sin's a sin, period. See, and when you have that light in you, and when you have the love of the Lord in you, you put that pen in your pocket. I know it happened to me. You put that pen in your pocket. And I went, oh, that's not mine. <laughs> that's not mine. You know, you know what I mean? And you know, it's little things. See, so, so we, are, we are that light. See, that, that light that we have fellowship with each other. And the blood sacrifice of Jesus, Son of God, washes away every sin. Make us clean. That's John, 1 John 1, 7. See, here, here it is. In, in John, 1 John 1, 9, but if we confess our sins, God will forgive us. We must, we can trust God to do this. He always does what is right. He will make us clean from all the wrong things we have done. Forgiveness follows remorse. Okay? Honest repentance flows out of humility. Coming before the Lord and praying and repentance should invoke a sense of humility with us, okay? And, and you know what? Jesus taught on this in Luke 18, 9, 14. About, he talked about the parable about the, the, uh, the, uh, the two men who went to the temple and prayed, right? And, and, the, first, and the first man, the priest stood, stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like others, robbers, <laughs> evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Now, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I'm just thinking, but I can imagine when he said, God, I, I thank you I'm not like. <laughs> God, God goes, okay, next. <laughs> God just like, yeah, okay. Right? But, but the tax collector stood in the distance and he would not even look up to heaven, but he 
beat on his chest and said, God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. That's humility. That's where you go to the Lord. That's what David did, okay? That's what Job did, okay? He goes, I'm sorry, humility, right? And, and, and Jesus said, I tell you that this man, rather than the other man, went home justified before, before God, for all those who exalt themselves will be humble, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Forgiveness is found in the heart of the gospel. See, asking God for forgiveness entails keeping the gospel in mind. And Romans says it best. God makes, Romans 3, 22, 5, God makes people right through their faith in Jesus Christ. He does this for all the believers. Everyone is the same. All have sinned by not good enough to share God's divine greatness, but they are made right with God by his grace. This is a free gift. They are made right with God by being made free from sin through Jesus Christ. Man, that gift, it's a free gift. All we have to do is say, God, okay? Now, as we, we ask God to forgive us, we have to forgive others. That's a tough one sometimes. But just it is. Let's talk about it. Okay? Forgiving somebody who did you wrong is very hard. Forgiving somebody who did something very bad is even harder. Okay? But God wants us to forgive, and it doesn't mean that we have to like them or hang out with them. Okay? It, it doesn't. Okay? You know, forgiving somebody who talked talk bad about you, forgiving your neighbor who knocked his trash over in, over in his yard or whatever, or, or people who, you know, stab you in the back, you know, wants to get ahead at work or whatever. You know, we are to forgive them, but at the same time, when we forgive them, we are to pray for them. Because here's the thing. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know their situations. So we are to pray for them. And, and even when I said, you know, somebody who did something very bad, I mean, you know, I mean, really bad, murder or, or other things, you know, we, we are not, uh, we should not be keeping hatred in our heart because it does two things. First of all, God said, I forgave you, you need to forgive each other. Okay, that's in Ephesians 4.32. You go, but the other thing is when you don't forgive and you have that little black spot on your heart and then you're asking God for something, you know, but, but what happens with that black spot, when you don't forgive and you keep thinking about it, because you will, that black spot grows bigger and bigger and bigger. And then therefore, when you come to God, you don't have, God doesn't have your whole heart. He doesn't have you, because you have, you're holding on to something that God said, get rid of it, forgive them and move on. Like I said, you don't have to hang out with them. You don't have to go, hey, I'm, hey you know, you did me wrong, but let's have dinner. No, that, you don't have to do that, okay? <laughs> and, and, you know, in Matthew 18, 21, 22, you know, P Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, when someone uh, doesn't stop doing, doing wrong to me, how many times must I forgive them? Seven times? No, Jesus said no, 70 times seven. That's a lot. See, and you know what? Because, again, you have to, and, and I have learned 
I have le learned this. You have to start thinking about them. And see, and when you're in Christ, when you have the love of the Lord in your heart, you do think, okay, Lord, what's going on in their life? Let me pray for them. I don't know what's going on, but I pray. I pray that, that you meet the needs. I pray, and as you're praying and everything, the Lord might bring it to you. Okay, pray for this specifically. Pray for this. And that's what he wants. He wants an obedient heart. He forgave us, so we are to forgive them. Sometimes it can be hard, but but we have to do it no matter what. That, that's the bottom line. The fifth one, and the last one actually, to ask, to ask God that he would avoid sin and temptation to not be overcome by the enemy. See, there's freedom in victory through Jesus Christ. Now here, here it is, as I was thinking about it, no one is given a pass when it comes to temptation. No one. Okay? But what we are given as Christian is a way to escape it. Okay? As Paul was teaching in, in uh, Corinthians 10, 13, and, and uh, this is, I, I've read this many times, and, and this is something that, that you really take heed in 1 Corinthians 13.10, he said, The only temptation that you have are the same temptation that all people have. But you can trust God. He will not let you be tempted more than you can bear. That's very important. You know, you think, oh, I'm being tempted. I'm gonna... No, you know what? Stop. God, help. And when you do that, but when you are tempted, God will also give you a way to escape that temptation. You'll be able to endure it. And in James, great blessings belong to those who are tempted and remain faithful. After they, they have poured their faith, God will give them a reward of eternal life. See, temptation comes, and here's, here's what I was thinking, and, 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 I, and I'm going to give you an example. Temptation comes when we start entertaining the thought. When we start entertaining, see, God, God took all that temptation away in the past, but then, you know, you know, each one of us has had our, our vices in the past, okay? Each one, no matter what it was, it was burglary, drinking, drugs, or whatever it was, okay? Stealing or whatever, okay? We all, but see, but the, what happens is when you start thinking about it, the enemy is going to come and use that, and your path and start twisting it around. When we start entertaining the thoughts, the enemy, then when when we are opening the door, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna share something that I, I really don't share too much, but you know, I was an alcoholic. I started drinking when I was 11 years old, and I didn't stop until I was 22. And when I got saved at 22, actually, I got I was watching Arthur Blessed. The Battle of Armageddon. I mean, I was a history buff, so I was watching that, and, and I actually got saved. You know, he 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 uh, uh, he gave an altar call, and 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 uh, I got saved. But I knew I was trying. After I got saved, I knew I was trying to stop, and I couldn't. Okay, so I asked God to take away the desire, and I meant it. And when I when I said it, and you know, everybody's different. He instantly took away the, 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 the desire instantly. And I, from that moment forward, I could be around people 
my old buddies or whatever, they could drink, never bothered me. Never, never bothered me at all. I, I thank you, Lord, and I was like, he set me free. About 20 years into it, 25 years into it, I've been saved for almost 40 years, and I don't know, I read this thing about wine, a glass of wine is good for you. See, now, here's the thing, I'm not, I'm not getting on, you know, Everybody has their own. I mean, you drink a glass of wine, whatever, that's, that's on you. But, but me, I knew that I was an alcoholic, so I couldn't drink. But here it was. But I read that a glass of wine is good for you. I went, hmm. And what did I start doing? I started entertaining it, entertaining the thought in my head, right? And, I, and, and when that happened, all of a sudden, I seen I've seen these commercials. I was reading these I was reading these uh, uh, things about how how wine is good for you. And I didn't even like wine <laughs> back in the past, right? And so I was like, hey, you know what? I'm getting older. You know, God deliver me. You know, and I'm 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 thinking I'm trying to justify, right? And so as I was justifying, I was telling telling my wife, and let me tell you, my wife wasn't having none of it because I was kind of throwing stuff on the wall, right, to make a stick. And my wife goes, no, he delivered you. No, and but I wasn't listening to her. But I kept thinking about it. And what happened is one day I told my daughter, I go, hey, I'm thinking about, you know, he was saying a glass of wine is good for you. I was thinking about, you know, trying that. And and this is what my daughter said to me, goes, Dad, the one thing I was most proud of you my whole life is that you never gave in to temptation. Of drinking, and man, from that very instant, it hit me. No matter what my wife was saying about it, but when my daughter said the Lord used that, all of a sudden I said, "Devil, you're gone." Uh, that, that's it. See, because he was he was trying to see because because I knew. Well, see, the enemy knew. I I was trying to justify, but the enemy knew that if I were to just start having one, I would have had two, and then three, and then four, and I would have been back. So 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 that's how when you start entertaining. Temptation. See, see, the word said, we, you know, we 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 don't fight against the flesh and blood, but against the principalities of the darkness and in Ephesians. Right. But here's the thing. When you look at something, that's the flesh. OK, but then when you start entertaining it, that's when the enemy in a spiritual spiritual darkness comes in and tries to get you into the temptation. That's where he said, Lord, leave me not in temptation. Deliver me from evil. Amen. See. God wants, God does not want us to pray or prayer to be intimidated in any way or to impress others. But here's the thing. Prayer is about faith, praise, and relationship. Prayer is about God's kingdom and not building yourself up, okay? See, having a prayer life is non-negotiable if you're if you are a faithful servant, if you're a Christian, if you, if you ask the Lord, it sh- it sh- well, I should, I should say it should be non-negotiable, okay? Let me say that. Okay, it should be because, because that's, what, that's what we are clinging to because we hear the word, right? We, we hear and, and we want to go forward. So, so the best way for us to, to, to have that river of life going through us is the word of God, having that prayer life, asking the Lord to open the doors that need to be opened, shut the doors that need to be shut. A lot of times we need doors to be shut. 
you know, and, 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 and I prayed that, and I prayed that over my grandchildren, I prayed that over my kids, you know, especially when, when they're dating somebody and I see something on them, I said, Lord, shut that door, please, <laughs> and open the door that you want to be open. And, and, and God done that. God, God done that. See, that's a faithful God because we're faithful to him. He hears our prayers, right? We, we, we are a child of God. We are soldiers, and, 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 and we should be ready for battle, especially for our children and everything. But that's where our prayer life is, and, and, and that's where, see, that's where, we want God to help us. See, see, the Lord's Prayer brings us together as a body of Christ. Through We are taught to pray, and we are taught how vital prayers into our life, okay? And the, and the last scripture I want to I, I read is Philippians 4, 6-7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God, and the peace of God will transcend to all understanding. And will guard your heart and your mind in Christ, in Jesus, in Christ Jesus. Don't be anxious, but in every situation. And that's what we are taught. That's what, see, see, we are a child of God, right? In this prayer, our Father, think about each, each segment, each that's, that, that's what each segment, our Father in heaven, you know, he's, he's mighty. Thank you, Lord. You know, your kingdom come on earth. You know, forgive my sins. And, I, and, and when you pray, and I will forgive others because you forgave me. I will see. See, I need to forgive others, okay? Thank you for my daily bread. Thank you for everything you provided for me, my house, my car. But at the same time, thank you for your bread, your life, your word. Okay, thank you for, for leading me now into temptation, delivering me from Satan because, because I'm not going to start drinking. I'm not going to intentional entertain the thought because I was delivered. I was gone from it. But that's what the enemy, see, the enemy wants to continue to attack, attack us. Just like I gave the praise report, he tried to attack. So he couldn't attack me. We try to attack my family, try to attack my granddaughter. But what did we do as a church too? We 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 got we got down. We got I know I got on my knees. We had we had corporate prayer. We praying, we praying, we praying. Guess what? The devil had to flee. My granddaughter, praise God, man, she's a happy kid, and she has no desire or no nothing with that. See, she got delivered, but that's through the power of prayer. Amen. 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 Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father God, for, for everything you're doing. And we thank you as we continue to pray to you. You continue to open our eyes. You continue to open our hearts to let us receive what you want us to receive. Show us what you want us to show us. Guide us where you want us to go. Lead us, Father God, and let us be a willing vessel, Father God, that, that we may be able to be that light of the world that you want us to be, Father God. And we thank you, Father God. And Jesus, we thank you for that you gave us the Lord's Prayer. You gave us so that as we say it, we will we'll think about it and we say with reverence and we will, we will understand what it means. And we, we just continue to thank you and praise you in your precious name. Amen. Amen. If you enjoyed this and other podcasts from the Connection Community Foursquare Church, be sure to listen in again and subscribe. That way you'll be notified every time a podcast is uploaded. 
Thanks again for listening. Until next time, God bless.